Kiawani lapsaritis has been having contact experiences with Sasquatch as early as 1956, when as a 12-year-old, he began to develop an interest in the Sasquatch and began writing to various researchers and people about them. In 1979, he had his first conscious experiences with Sasquatch in terms of communications. And then later in 1983, he had physical contacts with the Sasquatch. He's taken photographs of Sasquatch. He's been researching and writing books about Sasquatch and friendly extraterrestrials for over 44 years. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Well, I want to welcome you, Kawani, to Exopolitics today. Uh, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Well, I think uh, you have a lot of experience on the Sasquatch. Yes. So why don't you just begin uh, when you first began having experiences and what attracted you to the Sasquatch information? Well, it was reading an article in a magazine uh, at a young age uh, that made sense to me, and I got uh, overwhelmed with interest and started to write to different universities at that time, back in the, the 1950s, and then uh, writing to Canada, to different places where they were having experiences to try to gather more information. And I continued to do this over the years. Uh, and even um, in 1968, I had uh, uh, been into the Himalayas to investigate the Yeti. So you were interested in Sasquatch at a very young age, as a 12-year-old. So it was in 1979 that you had your first experiences or telepathic communications with them. So you want to explain what happened in 1979 that changed things for you? Yes. Um, I was working for a First Nations uh, uh, agency in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Native Americans invited me to some property. Uh, they were going to, one of the Indians had purchased, and they were going to have a ceremony, and they asked me to join them. And when I did, uh, I went off on my own uh, while they were together. There was just a small group looking to a medicine man, and uh, uh, just started wandering around the property. And... All of a sudden, this voice said, you know, this is the Sasquatch man. I am watching you, and I've been watching you for many years now, longer than you know or understand right now. And, uh, and I thought, what is this about? What, what, what? <laughs> I'm looking around. I didn't see anything. And so I, uh, at the edge of the woods, and I walked into the field and thought, how odd that is. And then he repeated himself again. And I looked around and didn't see anything. And the, I, a more sophisticated voice intervened and said, uh, I am a star person. And uh, I, too, have been watching you for many years. You know or understand right now. And I thought to myself, I looked all over, 
and I looked up in the sky and so on. I said, what is this? What's going on here? I mean, it just started lately. And uh, finally, uh, uh, they said, uh, oh, uh, uh, we right now, uh, I said to myself, I wonder where this, where, where they are. I wonder where this guy is. And he said, oh, well, I, right now, I'm in a UFO, as you people call it. And they were in another dimension. And I, all this, of course, uh, was startled me. So uh, I said, oh, I, I, this didn't happen, you know. <laughs> and I walked over uh, to where uh, there were uh, six Native Americans uh, there sitting around talking. And I kind of inched in with them. And the Sasquatch said, I am watching you. And I looked around and no one seemed to notice any. Apparently they weren't hearing anything, just me. And then uh, the uh, one of the Indians said, hey, you should put your sweat lodge over there. And the head of house said, oh, no, no not over there. And then the cup and said, yes, that is an excellent place to, to have a, uh, you know, to, to set this up. And uh, all of a sudden, the head of house said, no, the star people have been landing their spaceships there, and I don't want to disrupt their activity. And this, I mean, was really overwhelming to me at the time. It's what I never expected. And I stood up and went house. And I, I thought, I hope I'm not uh, insulting them or offending any. But by the time I get back, I sat and able outside of this old, old farmhouse there in Hanson. And uh, uh, people were leaving, and I was still sitting there in a daze. And the head of house said, uh, uh, I was watching you. Uh, you were hugging my guard dog and petting him. And my, my best friend can't get near that dog. Uh, and I, I thought, what did I do, I wonder? And then he said, and Sasquatch is also attracted to you and walked away. And that was startling <laughs> to me. And uh, so I said, well, I'm never going to tell anyone. It's like a fool. Uh, I can't prove anything. I'm a social scientist. Can't prove anything. So uh, two days Later at night, I still remember quarter to three in the morning, uh, a voice said, wake up, my friend, we are here. I was facing the wall, and when I opened my eyes, uh, I could feel an energy behind me. And I thought, oh, no, a burglar broke in. And this was in Milwaukee, in the city, in an apartment. And uh, I thought there'd be a gun on me, and I rolled over. But there standing were two Sasquatch, but I knew them. And they slowly, the big one floated through the floor until his face was equal to mine, uh, uh, about uh, no more than three feet away. And, and started talking. And I thought, holy gee, they're interdimensional here, apparently. And for two months, they would come and visit me at night, sometimes different ones. And... I said, oh, you're back. You know, I could start to recognize them, that, that they were all different. And one of them, one of the times it was a female and she brought along a young one who was about four feet tall. 
and he stayed away from me way to the to the foot of the bed and they were kind of floating around and uh, I thought well I'm the only one that knows that but I'm still never tell anyone and then about a week later a friend visited me uh, and we were talking and he said hey he said there's a monkey standing behind you and I looked around I thought what's he talking about he said, what do you what do you mean he said, well, I don't know quite what it is but he says it's tall and he's been watching you and that's when I told him I said well I had this experience and explained to them to him all about it and he said they're Sasquatch and uh, so more, as time went on, more people started to have experiences who rub, would rub shoulders with me. As long as they were not violent people, and I don't hang out with violent people, so ready, and we're not afraid to experience this. And uh, later, I had a, a, and he was seeing them come and go. And it's been that way now uh, all these years for, you know, uh, I think it's 44 years or something that I asked them, I said, how long have you been watching me? And this really startled me. He said, we were there at the birth. I said, at the moment of my birth? And he said, yes, you have a mission here and uh, uh, you're you're doing it. And I thought, well, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and the, it is eventually, as they told me, mo spoon fed me for a while because of, uh, I was so startled that is to get out that there are people are not animals, that they are connected to friendly starple. Because when people, oh, the ETs this or the ETs, well, ETs that, or oh, they're bad or good or whatever it is, and I said, well, which one are you mentioning? What are you talking about? about there's many different ones and there's groups that gather together that are non-violent more spiritually oriented uh, and there's very few but you know probably two, possibly three others that, uh, one could even label evil and uh, that are here and they told me they says they've been here forever they've been here for millions of years they just just didn't They've been here in the inner earth, and uh, uh, the Sasquatch told me there's in the ocean and in deep water lakes, and uh, uh, I found them also in extinct volcanoes. There's cities, and I know where there's two different ones. So uh, I don't try to do anything other than to communicate with them, and if they don't feel like it at the time, that's fine. There's man's... Uh, I don't go advertising this because it's kind of a personal thing. However, I they want me to share this information, which I have with my two books, uh, The Psychic Squatch and the UFO Connection and the Sasquatch Dimensional Connection, because that's the truth. It, it's, it's, it kind of alerts people, hey, there's something going on in this book, and it's the truth that matter. And a lot of people uh, question me on it. And some of the more conservative mainstream researchers have uh, been upset 
chat with me saying that uh, I shouldn't be talking with Batov, that it's, it's woo-woo stuff. Well, guess what? It's really, a, uh, this research is a combination of anthropology and quantum physics, because these evolved that they have the ability to even dematerialize. I've seen them twice dematerialize right in front of me. So uh, they've done so, so much for me, and uh, they've healed me at times. They've saved my life at times. They've been wonderful. I mean, just wonderful. And so it, it is a mirror, though. Go after them with a gun, then you aggression back because they're not going to just sit there. They've been shot at, wounded, and all that for years, and they're fed up with it. And they said, you know, we love the humans, but they've got to grow up. They view a lot of the, most of the researchers as children, they told me, because they don't get it. They're still trying to get a body when there's no need. There's so much evidence there anyway. So what's the next step? Communication. Now, when I did an ethnographic study uh, living amongst the Takuna Indians of Upper Amazonia, in conjunction with the Columbian Institute of Anthropology in Bogota in 1973, they, uh, I went in with gifts. This was deep in, 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 the, in the Amazon. I went in with gifts of hooks, a hundred tests, nylon line, a machete, and several things like that. And uh, I didn't go in with a gun threatening them. It's uh, you wouldn't get anywhere that way, and uh, it's as a fact, it's dangerous. So, I have no feeling of violence towards anybody. So, when I went in, I stayed friendly and everything, and they enjoyed having me there because I was always friendly. It's, it's the same as Sasquatch people, but very, very few, uh, maybe one percent of the researchers have figured some of this stuff out by reading my books and you know, one or two go in as in a friendly manner and it's a mirror in the back. So people say, Oh, they chased me. out. Oh, oh, they threw rocks at me. I said, what were you doing? Well, we were sitting around the fire uh, drinking. Uh, we, yeah, we had a pistol with us that we were target shooting previously. Well, all this is, is a threat. They're in their space, Sasquatch space, and so they drive people away. So that's that's what they do. And one man in Oregon uh, told me the, the Sasquatch attacked me. And I thought, sorry, they don't do that. I said, well, what happened? I said, oh, he attacked me. He was, you know, still upset. I said, well, did he tear your arms off, legs? What did he do? You know, I was being a bit facetious. Oh, no. And I said, please tell me this. And he says, I have a motorcycle. I rented this place in the country. And I was in the garage with a big door open. And a shadow came over me. And when he looked, there was a Sasquatch peeking in, watching him fix his motorcycle. And this happened in a row. And uh, so one one evening in the summer when it was still light out, he went for a hike on one of the trails in back of his house. 
and there was a Sasquatch stepped out onto the trail. He says, that's when it, it attacked me. I said, did it have a club or was it growling or showing its teeth? What was it doing? Uh, it was walking towards me. It was attacking me. Oh, wait a minute. Walking towards you isn't attacking anything or anybody. It's being friendly. So what he said, I said, well, did you stick around to wait to interact with him? He said, no, I ran, attacked me. I said, walking towards you is not an attack. So these people, uh, they're overwhelmed them. But if you go out to try to interact with them, guns, no cares, don't do not go out in groups just by yourself, and no fear, absolutely no fear. So the Sasquatch have told me, People must learn to walk in unconditional love and trust. And when they do have experiences, this year alone, there's four people that have had experience. I trained them to do this. Uh, and one man uh, uh, in Washington. Uh, Kawani, State, before we go on, uh, Kawani, before, I, I just want to, before we go on talking about more experiences, uh, that we maybe go over some of the photos that you sent me because people will be very interested in uh, any evidence that you have that Sasquatch are real, that the, this is just more than just uh, a tall story, that there's actual physical evidence that you've put together. And you sent me some photos showing uh, pictures, uh, evidence uh, of the Sasquatch that you have physically interacted with. So you want to tell us about some of these pictures that you sent me uh, for that one, uh, yeah, with the with the feet. Yes, I will. My point be, just before this was to say that these people are having telepathic experiences with a psychic Sasquatch and uh, right away because they have an open heart. And that's, there's lots of them out there now doing this. Uh, this here was taken in Texas, uh, right outside of Paris, Texas. Uh, the people there had uh, contacted me. They had read my book and invited me down. And I had all kinds of experiences every single day there. I set up a tent and so on and was having experiences. So this is, this is from Texas. Okay, so we have another one. Uh, why don't you – yep, there, that one there. Yep. Tell us about that. Now, this is, this is from Paloxy, Texas. Uh, I got this out of a book. Uh, if you see to your right of this large uh, footprint, there's a human footprint. Uh, I'm sorry, human foot there. And uh, if you see in the middle, there's a line drawn across. They sawed that open once they cut this out of limestone in the Paloxy River beside there. And there were dinosaur tracks beside these tracks. And so uh, the scientists at the university would not come down to look at this. They said, it's just fake. Well, they're fake scientists because they're not investigating something that needs investigating. And when this was cut open, they could see that it was not chiseled or faked or anything like that. And I asked the Sasquatch, I said, this is 65 million year old track. I says, is this, does this have anything to do with you? And they said, yes, that's from our people. 
just, we were here that long in, in, in a few million years before that. He says, but the Sasquatch killed some of our people because uh, there were all kinds of different ones, different animals out there. So this is from, and it's an incredible story if anyone looks that up on Paloxy, Texas. It's wonderful and it's, it's proof if people just looked at it. Right. Now, you mentioned that uh, this image well, comes from uh, at least 65 million years ago. And I know in your books, you talk about the Sasquatch as a species uh, predating uh, Homo sapiens on Earth, that Homo, Homo sapiens are kind of like a late development, that uh, the Sasquatch were here earlier, and then extraterrestrials came along and they developed uh, humans or introduced humans as a species on the earth after the Sasquatch well, had been here for many millions of years. Well, the Sasquatch said that they, this is their words, they were bioengineered by friendly ETs. And later we were also bioengineered, the human race was. And so when you get these different hominids that were out there, this is... Uh, Neanderthal included, uh, these were engineered, genetically engineered, as they, at least they told me that, uh, by friendly ETs to see which species could survive and so on. And they dropped them off and started a, a race. And so apparently uh, uh, it's true. I can't prove that other than what they're telling me. And from what I gather, they have never really lied. They're, they've been straightforward. So, and that track, one, incidentally, was 20, 24 inches long. Uh, when the friendly ETs uh, created the Sasquatch, uh, are we talking about another group of friendly ETs creating uh, Homo sapiens, or are we talking the same group? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I assume it was the same group, but I don't know. Uh, because people talk about the Sumerian uh, cuneiform texts describing the yep. Anunnaki as creating Homo sapiens. So the question is, uh, did the Anunnaki also create Sasquatch or did the Sasquatch predate the Anunnaki arrival? The, well, the Sasquatch predated them. Uh, there is, what that seems like a conflict right there, but uh, again, uh, they've been creating different hominids, uh, apparently, from what the Sasquatch said, and that the Anunnaki also did. Now, whether they were the same ones, uh, I don't know. That it's some people think well that I sit down every morning over coffee and and interrogate the Sasquatch people to quickly clear things up, but they spoon feed people. They're not just uh, uh, getting all this information at once. So sometimes it can be a little confusing. And uh, some of this does need clarif more clarification. Okay, that's, that's very helpful uh, because I have heard uh, that the Anunnaki interfered with uh, or genetically modified hominids on Earth that, that actually were originally altered by other friendly extraterrestrials, even before the Anunnaki. So that's mm -hmm. that would fit in with what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Now, you, we have some images. In, 
Go ahead. Go ahead, please. Okay, we have some images of uh, the Sasquatch that appear to be uh, popping into our reality, and you sent us those. So, yeah, you want to tell us about uh, yeah that that image there? Yes, uh, uh, this was taken in Idaho, but who was hiking and she had her camera and came out of the woods and there was a Sasquatch crossing uh, a stream. And she quickly pulled up the camera and took it, but the Sasquatch realized she was there and dematerialized. But this is probably the rarest photo you could ever get to uh, that is uh, catching it in mid, uh, midstream and, and in mid, uh, mid interdimension. Uh, so, uh, again, this is a rare photo. And uh, uh, the outline of being walking across the line, I showed this to a researcher that's been researching for years, and he just says, ah, and that's your camera, the person's camera broke. Uh, it's just, that's, that's nothing, this is nothing. Well, uh, researchers are extremely, and they want a body, and there's all this other evidence that they, shame on them, uh, that they edit out. I mean, that's subjective data collecting. Doesn't have anything to do with science. Science, I object, uh, presented this information and in my books and been criticized for, I followed the scientific paradigm, the model as far as I could and uh, continued by uh, researching because I knew everything that I was doing was real. They kept uh, feeding me information, talking to me, and so on. So I, uh, this is just uh, one aspect of our... And I think it's worth just emphasizing here that uh, you, you actually were trained as an anthropologist. You have a, a master's degree in science and that you taught at a community college. Um, yeah, so do you want to just talk about your scientific credentials and how you've been applying that to this Sasquatch research. Yes, uh, uh, I taught anthropology at North Adams State College in Massachusetts uh, for a year before moving out to Wisconsin. Uh, the, I also did an ethnographic study, uh, as I mentioned earlier, among the Takuna Indians of Upper Amazonia and presented a, a paper on that. Uh, so I'm also a psychologist and hypnotherapist. I've done that for many, many years as well, and, uh, and a health consultant. So these things, uh, even some of the information on healing, uh, natural healing that the Sasquatch shared with me, and even uh, ETs came and explained uh, different herbs and things to me. So this is a things I never expected and I had to struggle with. And like I said, for a while, I was uh, feeling uncomfortable presenting this information publicly. Not anymore. I, either you get it or you don't. And the proof, wait a minute, the other researchers, the experts, uh, what do they got to offer? They're still stuck. They're still stuck and still chasing uh, the Sasquatch. Uh, they're still 
going out sometimes on four wheelers and snowmobiles and things that don't make any sense, making noise in the forest and looking for Sasquatch. You don't chase come to you. You don't stalk them. They come to you, but you have to be worthy of that. Clearing yourself. Uh, one time I was upset uh, about something. I can't quite remember how point. And I went to Squatch and I telepath. I waited and I did this for a couple of days. And I said, what's going on? They, they didn't say anything. They didn't get back. Finally, after a couple of weeks, they got back. And I asked them why they didn't initially like they normally would. And their answer was, you were upset. He says, don't ever come to us with anger in your heart. Come to us only with unconditional love, open heart. But you have to let go of any negative emotions. And uh, then we come to you. So the, the, all these things, little here, little there. I was learning about them, uh, how they think in their culture uh, they have a tendency of course they're not really experts but they have a tendency to superimpose our culture and, and thinking on them uh, some of the apes uh, of North America uh, sorry they told me they have nothing to do with with the anthropoid apes they have nothing to do with a branch of them at all those animals were uh, evolved here the Sasquatch did not. Uh, the Some of the researchers also say, oh, Gigantopithecus, see, there's the proof. And the Sasquatch brought that up too. He says, well, that was just a, another animal to do with us. So we're, the, 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 all the birds are quite confused and they're stuck there and they'll continue to be stuck. They won't get pictures. They won't get a body. Many of them say that they carry guns, uh, but they secretly do. Uh, why? Because they want the ultimate body. They want uh, fame and fortune and that kind of thing. And the Sasquatch said, they're not going to have it. They're not going to, they stay away from those people. <clears throat> well, you have a few more photos of the Sasquatch uh, that you have supplied. So uh, I want to look at one of these other photos of the Sasquatch that appear to be Kind of like, um, well, yeah, yeah. You want to tell us about this particular picture? Yes, this is in the Santa de Cristo Mountains in Colorado. A, a person took this and shared it with me. And the thing is, is the person on his name out, anything to do with, with this or his name or anything attached to this, this photograph. Now, this is not Asquatch. This. Is an ancient one. These are thin. Uh, uh, other veteran researchers don't have a clue. Uh, this, the ancient ones have a human face. They have a round head like us, and they have their arms in proportion to their body like us. And they told me that some of their DNA was used to create us. Now, watch people, uh, they're people don't, just because they look like an animal, it doesn't mean they're not a people, they are. The Sasquatch people have a sagittal crest or a peaked head. Uh, they have a ape-like face, even though they're not, don't have 
have anything to do with the apes. Their arms are down to their knees, which is entirely different than the ancient ones. So this is an ancient one here. Looks like he has a beard, a round, a round head, and his arms are in proportion to his body like us. So he said, camera, that had, if he pushed the button and kept it going, he would have gotten several Sasquatch that were running by. He said a small one went by that was about six foot tall. He said this one uh, was seven to eight, seven and a half to eight feet tall. And the one immediately after this was about 10 to 11 feet tall. And they were, they were jogging into this space. And he thought he just took this one. And when he lowered his camera, uh, again, the third one ran by. So uh, this, is, this is what I'm sharing. And it's, it's wonderful. It's a great, it's a great photo. Um, so with the ancient ones, uh, so they, they were a, another species that seemed to be a kind of hybrid of Sasquatch and human DNA. So the same friendly extraterrestrials uh, prior to the Anunnaki arrival created the Sasquatch, the ancient ones, and an early primitive uh, humanoid or and Neanderthals be, prior to the Anunnaki arriving. Is that the sequence? Yes, something of that nature, yes. That makes sense. You referred to the ancient ones as a hybrid. I don't know that. It's just that they uh, were created and bioengineered. Again, they they like that word, and uh, that's all I know. But they're I've interacted with both of them, and uh, they do ongoing. And they told me that if you reject us, we're still going to be watching over you and still be here. Of course, I don't reject them, but again, they want to give me guidance, and they keep saying, oh, you have a spiritual mission, and, uh, uh, you know, so uh, my, basically, if a, if a researcher says that they're animals or monsters, you'll know that that particular researcher uh, is, uh, is incredible, because they don't know what they're talking about. This is my opinion that they uh, uh, are uh, actually giving information to the public and to other people when they go out and hunt Sasquatch. So there's a bunch of kind of redneck uh, that think they're going to get him because of technology. And this is murder. This is murder and appalling to me. It's disgusting. And they need to wake up, grow up emotionally and spiritually. What does spiritually mean? Having respect for all living things. That's all it is. It doesn't have anything to do with religion, even though some religions uh, have very spiritual people with them, like Buddhists and so on. So, so that difference, in if they can only change, but so many of them are fearful, they've had bad experiences. and uh, But people shoot at them, and they carry guns and stuff, and they'll never solve the problem. They're just driving them away. Now, you've mentioned in your books that the ancient ones can actually uh, breed with uh, humans and that they can actually have offspring. So so the ancient ones can breed with humans, but, but not the Sasquatch. We're just talking the ancient ones. 
that no, correct? The, the Sasquatch can too. Also, because they're they're human. They're they can too. Yes, they that's what they said. So and also I asked a ancient one, a woman who calls herself Loti. And um, I've had a lot of interaction with her and uh, I did a lot of love in my heart uh, uh, for her for being so kind to me. And uh, she said that at times, though it's rare, the Sasquatch may fall in love with a uh, uh, ancient one and vice versa. And then they hook up and they can, they can uh, have children. They can have offspring. So uh, why? Again, even though the Sasquatch-like animals to people uh, and look so different and scary, uh, they are a do. I mean, it, a lot of this is a carryover from Europe that other races are subhuman. The American Indians, uh, the Afro-American people, turning them into slaves, and, uh, and then the Chinese that came over to work. They looked down upon uh, racially and everything. So there's a lot of racial in this research from people because they're not treating the Sasquatch fairly. And you don't go with a gun. You go by yourself and you let people let them know that you're, you're, you want to interact. They don't like curiosity seekers, they told me, but they'll help anyone who is spiritually oriented and wants to, uh, uh, you know, if they're helping other people and sharing their, their gifts uh, in this life to other people. And that's what they look for. People with compassion, people who are empathetic, people who are really human and not animals. The only monsters I know are those that are trying to kill the Sasquatch and the ancient ones. They're the monsters. Yeah. Very. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think we have another couple of our images of, uh, of Sasquatch, appearing to come into our reality. Um, yeah, th that one there. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Again, this is from Texas. Um, the people who uh, uh, had contacted me, uh, some film that they set up, and the Sasquatch said, could you please take down your trail cams? Because they had several up. And... Uh, this is a sad, see the, the sigital crest, and it's stepping, it's coming on. If you see the lines behind it, it's kind of white and then dark white. And those are, uh, it's a garden just coming out of the garden with a, uh, of course, you can't see it here because it's the best that I, I could do, um, with an ear of corn in its mouth, and it's stepping over a barbed wire fence. I stood beside that, and I couldn't do it. A man six and a half feet would get hung up on that fence, and he easily, this looks about seven foot or a little over seven feet tall, just easily stepped over that uh, barbed wire fence. Um, so there were both Sasquatch and ancient ones interacting there on at the edge of this property, and the the they would leave food for them. They would leave gifts for them, and I started doing. 
uh, not to lure them in it has nothing to do with that, but just giving gifts, food, and and stuff. And they they appreciated that. And uh, so why? Because they knew that I wasn't trying to exploit them. Where other researchers, and that's their main deal, you know, the ego and exploitation and get famous. And of course, that's a low energy to them because they said everything is based on vibrational frequencies and the people who are empathetic, who have compassion, who care about other people. Uh, I've been a healer for, for over 45 years, uh, are those that have a higher vibrational frequency. Those who are angry, aggressive, uh, fearful, have a low vibrational frequency, and they can pick up on that easily because these researchers have no idea of how super psychic these beings are, these forest people are, uh, and that they are a true people. But again, if you attack them, you might lose your life or, uh, well, uh, They've destroyed people's property and stuff out of anger because they wounded them. They came back and, you know, maybe killed some dogs, killed rabbits and things like that. That, that one Sasquatch. Now, the rest of them may not have wanted to do, do that, but people shot at it, wounded it even. So they get mad. They have a right to stand up for themselves. And then people say, oh, see, look, these, these beings are monstrous. Look what they did to my dog. You know, well, stick your dog on them and, and, and you might get it killed. So, you know, there's, you have to look from the standpoint of the forest people and not uh, superimpose our cultural values and our own problems, our emotional problems onto them and think that, that that's, you know, if you're aggressive, you might get aggressive back. If you're kind and everything, you, that's what you're going to get in return. So is, is those qualities of empathy and peacefulness kind of like uh, universal among the Sasquatch? Because I know uh, native peoples, I mean, they, you know, you can have uh, small tribes that go to war against each other. So uh, Sasquatch, also in harmony with nature, like, say, native pe indigenous peoples. But, I mean, are there stories like that? Have the Sasquatch ever had a history of, like, wars or battle between different groups of Sasquatch or have they always been this kind of uh, fraternal, peaceful species? Uh, no, they, you're, you're correct. Uh, somehow, and when my first book came out, they told me that several Sasquatch left and went off on their own a group that were angry at their own people because I've revealed too much and uh, they were annoyed with me. Uh, I only, I asked them, how much of this should I reveal? And they said, tell all, tell the truth. That was the answer that they will always give back to me. So uh, keep in mind, uh, they uh, refer to themselves as the Sasquatchi nation and that they have a council of elders that are wise. They're very wise people. They know us better than we know ourselves because they've been watching us through our own uh, development, cultural development. 
which is our history is nothing but violence. So uh, yes, there are a few that are angry uh, towards us. There were people who tried to, this is years ago, I mean, could have been one or 200 years ago that were shooting at them and they were killed and later eaten. And the Sasquatch do not agree and they've killed some of their own people because they were a danger to humans. They told me this and they explained this, that they did. They destroyed some of their own people because they were angry. And that isn't, as a whole, that isn't who we, we don't want to anybody. And they talk of karma, the importance of watching and monitoring your own thoughts and your behavior. They told me twice about this and brought it up and explained this to me. And that also one ET uh, who came to me and I've said, I've, I've seen seven different races of these being different beings that have come to me. And I feel very fortunate that this has happened. But all I can tell is just relate it to people and to the public to educate them. Yes, again, with same with ETs, there's a couple of races, two or three races that are not good uh, towards even humans. But the rest of them, ones I've seen that interact with the Sasquatch, and that when they have meetings on spaceships and stuff, they pick up the Sasquatch, uh, the different ones, the leaders, uh, the chiefs, and they are uh, taken to the mothership, and then they have this meet from time to time of what what's happening on earth over and what why this is happening and that and what to and everything so this is what they told me this is w what i believe i have no no reason not to believe them right well you you also sent me some uh uh, photos of UFOs of uh, what seem to be flying saucer craft. So, are these craft that uh, you actually witnessed? Were these craft, uh, you know, of the friendly extraterrestrials? And maybe were they carrying a Sasquatch? So, there's one uh, above some kind of tower there. You can just see it. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Um, a friend of mine said, let's go for the days uh, into the Cascade Mountains. And this is when I lived uh, 15 miles uh, outside in the mountains myself. Uh, uh, there for 11 years. Now, now I live 400 miles away to Idaho. But at this time, uh, she said, gee, it'd be nice to, to see something. So I telepathed, I was driving. And we went for the day just to have fun and then stop to eat. And she wanted to get away and possibly see something. And uh, while he was driving, a spaceship went in front of us. But just then there was trucks coming on the road and uh, she didn't see it. She was focused on that. I said, did you just see that? And she said, no. So I asked them again if they would show themselves when we stopped, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a, a miles away, it could have been 80 or 100 miles away. And this is the, the photograph that I took uh, of them. Uh, whether there was any 
Sasquatch in there or not in the ship, I don't know. But I just want to make a statement that remember the Pascagluga? I'm tongue-tied on that. Mississippi, where two guys were abducted by, you know, by these strange-looking ETs. I think it happened in 1971, 73, somewhere in there. I think it was 73. Um, they later, they, when it went public, they never, ever mentioned Sasquatch. But a researcher uh, from Arkansas went down and interviewed them. And the guy said, you know, when I was inside the ship, there was a Sasquatch sitting on this giant chair, just sitting there watching the whole thing. And uh, the woman told me this because over a hundred conferences over the years. And she told me this about five years ago when I spoke at the Arkansas UFO conference and she came to me and said they were there. And so uh, uh, that's part of something he did not want to reveal uh, at that time because he didn't want to, he looked foolish enough and these people were scared uh, because it would happen, even though they weren't harmed in any way whatsoever. But yes, I've seen over 200 spaceships in my lifetime. Why? Because I spent most of my time in the wilderness. I've seen them land several times. And uh, when I put on a uh, conference, which was four conferences uh, here, Sasquatch conferences. The last one was before the pandemic was in 2019. And four nights in a row, when I came down from the mountains, uh, I had the conference at this uh, wilderness campus. Uh, they, a spaceship followed me all the way home, the 23 miles. I was by myself every night and uh, drove down and it followed me everywhere I went. And when I arrived here, I live in the wilderness, but I have to cross a gigantic field, a big meadow, and then back into the forest again. And as soon as I'm back in the forest, I'm at my house. And uh, I looked up, and there it was hovering over the house. So this happened four nights in a row. That to give support, they said, uh, to me, because... I'm putting the conference and telling the truth, revealing uh, that there's a, a psychic Sasquatch with the UFO and that they are uh, a people there and, and so on. And, and to, we must work to befriend them, not to chase them down. They'll, if you're open your heart, some researchers can't too filled with fear and, and so on. I know in your books uh, you describe many cases of uh, individuals seeing UFOs land and Sasquatch getting in or out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's very impressive that many people have confirmed that the Sasquatch do work closely with these friendly extraterrestrials. Yes, in uh, on one case in Oregon... The space landed in the yard and the door opened. The woman said she didn't see any doors, but all of a sudden the door was open and an ET stepped out and started talking to her, but behind him inside the ship was a Sasquatch. 
uh, again, that connection, uh, the, uh, um, so people have, have reported that. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid to because it sounds crazy people, but it's, it's, a, it's a normal thing. Uh, they've also, both ETs and Sasquatch, uh, have been very kind and have healed me several times in my life. Uh, I have an old injury to my lower back. When I was in the service for four years, I injured it. And it's uh, the doctors told me when I was in a wheelchair that I'd probably never walk again. Well, uh, those doctors are dead, and I've been hiking all over the mountains and everything, and I'm still here. So, uh, but they said I, they, I'd have to do experimental surgery on me in order to try to correct it. And I said, no. And I telepathed to uh, where I was in Oregon at that time, in the Oregon Cascades, in the foothills, uh, at least two, sometimes three nights, Greek, I would see spaceships come and land behind the mountain. And I would just take out my binoculars and just about filled up my binoculars. You could see. And uh, so I telepathed to them. I said, I'm crippled up. I'm laying in bed. Uh, the pain is so bad that I'm getting four hours sleep a night. I cannot walk. People are, my friends and neighbors are bringing food washing for me and I just lay in bed and uh, unable to move uh, on a scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being the worst pain. I had a 10 and a half. It was horrible. So when I telepath uh, all day long, one day, uh, nothing happened. I tell up the next day all day long at four o'clock in the afternoon, I just broke down and wept and wept because nothing was happening and the pain was so excruciating, I just felt lost that I was just going to be a cripple for the rest of my life. And that night, uh, as soon as I died off, a little after 10, and I had to, was laying in bed, of course, because I couldn't move on my back, three small foot ETs appeared and uh, they said, we're here to heal you. And I said, fine, come ahead. And all of a sudden, they put me out. And I heard, heard this strange language. It sounded like this to me. You know, just a bunch of garble. But it woke me up. When I did, there was one behind me, one to my right, one to my left. And the one behind me had a cylindrical object in his hand. And I looked up and said, oh, it's you. I love you. That's all I said. I couldn't believe here they were healing me. And uh, I woke up 10 and a half hours later, completely and zero pain, zero pain. I got up the edge of my bed and I didn't know what to do. I, I was so ecstatic and enthralled. I happened. It seemed like a dream, but here I was. So I started praying and thanking God over and over again. And then I got up and walked to the bathroom. But I realized I was taking short steps, not my normal step, my normal gait, 
because there was a pulling back there. And I said, well, at least no pain. So I stayed right there at home. And th that very next night, they came again as soon as the light went out. And they said, we have to do one more healing on you and you'll be okay. They put me out. I said, fine, come ahead. And uh, uh, so they did it a second time. And when I woke up, and it's interesting because uh, the do doctors that I saw, two of them said, this is the worst case of a ruptured disc I've ever seen in my 30 years as a doctor. He says, never walk again unless you have surgery. So uh, two weeks later, I went to visit my friend 35 miles away that had a thousand acre ranch. And I used to visit him. How it's through the wilderness, very wild again. And so uh, I decided I would do that. And it was on a Friday. And I realized that I didn't have enough money for gas. I had to quickly go into the bank. There were no ATMs. And this was in 1986. So uh, the town, and when I looked at the, my watch, the bank's closed clock, and it was seven minutes to five. So I sprinted because I've, I've been a... Uh, I don't anymore, but most of my life I was a jogger. I used to jog at least three times a week, uh, five, sometimes eight miles a day. And so at any rate, I sprinted down the street towards the, the bank. And got As soon as I arrived corner, I had to stop. It was just across the street. But coming across on the other side was one of the doctors. And his eyes were as big as golf balls. And he walked up to me and started pointing to my legs and he kept his mouth kept moving and he kept doing this to his head like that. And his mouth was going up and down and nothing was coming out. He just kept pointing to my feet and I says, have a nice day, doctor. And I jogged over to the, to the bank. When I looked back, he was still standing there with his mouth open. So, <laughs> so uh, I, of course I didn't tell him what had happened. So they're helpful. Uh, they're, uh, when my stepson put his hand on the on a stove, just as a joke, not realizing that it was super hot, uh, his fingers so that the flesh was hanging off of them, and he went screaming circles in the living room, screaming. I mean, it was frightening to see. And I quickly put some ice in a Ziploc bag and sat him down, and he was screaming like crazy. I was almost tearful, uh, trying to help him. And uh, uh, as soon as his hand went on the ice, I could see a relief in, in him. So, so we put uh, uh, a, uh, antibiotic cream on, wrapped it, and sent him to bed. I telepathed to the Sasquatch that night. I said, please help heal him. And I thought, just take the pain away, because we're going to take him to the doctor the very next morning. He wasn't going to go to school. Uh, he was always on the floor and the sand and dirt. And he could get infected. So he was going to stay home after the doctors. But in the morning, he came in without this, uh, all the band, and he was hitting his fingers. I said, don't do that. What are you doing? And he said, but there's nothing there, Papa. There's nothing there. I looked over. There was nothing there. Not one single scar or anything. 
the Sasquatch heal overnight. Again, this is some of their power. This is some of their ability, which I'm so grateful for. Now, you did describe uh, an incident where there a UFO crashed and several dead Sasquatch uh, were the were found around the craft or were seen around the craft. So, uh, yeah, what can you tell us about that incident? And, and is that an example of uh, a friendly uh, spacecraft being shot down by the government, by the military? Well, um, yeah, I, I never saw a Sasquatch walking around a spaceship. So... Uh, I think maybe you got confused on that, but uh, other people have. It's rare, but other people have um, and reported it in uh, some of it to me, some of other people that got back to me so I, I could interview them and clarify and substantiate and get more detail. Uh, now, uh, several have told me when they were in the service, think there were two different people not i think of it that were at crash and but they were afterwards and saying don't ever bring this up these people were afraid they were really afraid they wanted the information out but they were threatened so much one was a marine uh and it was in ecuador that the crash there so there's several crashes that took place now in 2013, a Sasquatch said that the government, our government, is trying to kill them into extinction. And I thought, what? Well, that doesn't sound right. And they said, yes, the bad ETs gave the government some technology to, to that they could cut off the ability of the Sasquatch so they could not dematerialize or they could not go through a portal to another dimension to escape being shot. But there are these black ops. There are black ops which don't have to answer to anybody, and they won't. But they shot in New Jersey in the Pine Barren Forest, which people think New Jersey is just big cities. But if you get lost in the Pine Barrens, there's a chance they'll never find you. You just die there. It's that vast. So... Uh, they went in there and they shot a male Sasquatch and that this, I mean, they murdered uh, one, one of the Sasquatch people and immediately the ETs came and took his mate or his wife and the two offspring, these two children to safety because of these black ops. That was, that's their job. So uh, why would they want to do that? Because the Sasquatch said initially they were supposed to help us. And they started helping us years ago, apparently. And we said, but uh, somehow uh, the, the, the humans started to go against the Sasquatch people and eventually wanted to hunt them. And they said that's when they, be that's when they became legend by disappearing in deep into the deep wilderness and staying away from people. But they will, once again, uh, anyone who's spiritually oriented uh, that 
are friendly, uh, that I go my way to help people all the time, uh, all the time, whether I know them or not, I help people. So it's who I am, how I was raised. I had wonderful parents that were always helping neighbors and friends and doing all kinds of things, especially if a house burnt, they would uh, gather and call all their friends and relatives to get clothing and food and kettles and things that they needed because they lost everything in the fire. And my mom would bring it. We'd all contribute and, and so on. So that stayed me. And that's what he'll do. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that's the kind of people that they're around. Friendly, compassionate people. So they drove that's somehow drove anyway the Sasquatch to the mountains and what they've told me. And now they want to help us because the earth is dying. Our mother earth is dying. Uh, we're in big, bigger trouble than the scientists are saying, whether they know it or not. They're not saying it, but I know it and what they're telling me. And it's a mess. One of my degrees is in conservation from the University of New Hampshire. And I follow all the environmental issues and so on. And it's a disaster. People don't care. I live in the wilderness. I drive down this wilderness road. I, both sides, I've stopped and picked up. People are throwing beer cans. Uh, uh, McDonald's uh, uh, from all this, all this stuff, sodas and uh, can, everything. It's disgusting. We're not being taught that at school or in our home to not litter like that all over because people don't care. They're, they've been raised to be indifferent to the wilderness. The wilderness is there to, to do whatever we want with. Let's clear cut. Let's mine. And so what if I dump this in the streams and destroy it? Wow, that's a dangerous thing. But the multimillionaires want to be billionaires. And the billionaires want to be trillionaires. The biggest industry, of course, is the oil industry. And it's a multi-trillion dollar industry. But somehow they just don't have enough money. So these people are evil. Uh, the... Uh, you know, as far as the next biggest is medical industry, the pharmaceutical people, they're multi-trillion dollars. And so uh, all these things are, are not favorable to to the humans here. And uh, we need to be awake and aware to this. It's yeah, all I contributing, agree. destroying the planet. And the, the uh, Sasquatch people and the ancient ones are the uh, the ultimate environmentalists that want to teach us, but we're too busy driving them away and trying to destroy them. So true. Very important information. You, you sent a, a few more uh, images or photos, and I just wanted to uh, get you to comment on, a, on several of these. Uh, so there's this, there's uh, that one there. Uh, so you want to maybe tell us a little bit about what that represented, that particular image. Yes, this is, if you notice, it sort of has a monkey-like face, but again, they're human. I mean, uh, again, uh, any race that looks different, uh, once we came over, the, when they came over from Europe, uh, they treated them the same. They're doing here with the Sasquatch. This was in Texas. 
Texas again. This is in the garden that I told you about. So, so this is the best I could do. Uh, Kenneth Sigismund at the Medical College of Wisconsin, where I did a series of lectures years ago, uh, was he's a forensic scientist, did all my work evaluating, uh, and he worked on this to get it as best he could. So uh, for, for proof, as best I can do. And uh, so this is this is one of them. Okay, that's a fascinating um, image again. And there, there was another one that uh, I, I was very intrigued by, this one. Um, you want to tell us about what yes, that is? Yes, this is an ancient one from Europe. They have these in Germany and England. Yeah, it's a of of an ancient one. Through the ages, they've healed and helped people uh, in villages and little tribes and stuff. And uh, uh, they, uh, again, uh, call them the wild man. Uh, they have all the different names for them. And it's, uh, they've somehow, uh, whoever carved this uh, had a positive experience with them and wanted to uh, show it by putting it on uh, some kind of a building, uh, whether it was a church uh, or, or whatever it was. I don't know, but there's a lot of this on the internet. And again, if you look at the face, it's a human face, right? Because these are ancient ones. The arms are not, you can say, in proportion to their body there. So uh, why would they have this? This is from the 12th century, I think. Uh, A.D. Well, because they've experienced it, because they're real. This is the real deal. And the ancient ones, uh, they are uh, about the same height as Sasquatch. We're talking eight feet, ten feet. Would, would you say well, the ancient are 12, ones are and even fifteen feet? Some are more than feet. It's rare that they're getting, but they are. Uh, okay. They're of similar height. They're of sight. Go, go ahead, the next one, please. You want to show yes, us another? This is a mannequin that was a reproduction on the coast of uh, Oregon. There's a little museum. Uh, here is a guardian. You're jumping around here. But, uh, they said that the mannequin was an excellent representation, even though some of the uh, ancient ones, or Sasquatch, that look similar to that, very similar. So they, they said excellent. Uh, there, there was an image. Yeah, that one there. What is that? Is that like a, a, a photo or is that a drawing? Can you tell us about that? particular image. Is that a photo of a Sasquatch? A sketch taken from the Patterson film. It's a close-up of female Sasquatch. It's a done-over sketch by Dmitry Bayanov, a Russian researcher, uh, in order to let, to see what it really looks like up close because it was difficult to see, but he painstakingly little at a time have sketched this in the Patterson film. Notice it has lips and 
primatologists say only humans have lips, even though it looks like like a chimpanzee moves its mouth. It's he's moving his mouth and so on without lips. So uh, anyway, and that's another feature that says that these beings are real just because they have hair, not fur, just because they have hair. Uh, that they're not animals. We just uh, just because uh, Afro American people are are black uh, doesn't make say that they're different. They're still humans. The same with Native Americans. And you know that the Sasquatch were monitoring the stuff and all the stuff they did to Indians. No wonder they didn't want anything to do with us. We were killing them, doing everything we could. I mean, just to get their land. Then they saw, oh, see, look what they did. They they butchered all these people. Well, yeah, it's because they were butchered, trying to protect their property. So we've got to put us where the shoes of these other people, these, in order to understand them and stop using our values on top of them and saying, oh, see, they don't look like us, so they must be animals or different or subhuman and all that stuff. This is horrible. It's a, it's a disgusting thing. You okay, wake up and start respecting everybody. I don't, I don't care what they look like. So are you having contacts even today with uh, the Sasquatch and friendly extraterrestrials? Well, what do they say about the future? Are they optimistic or are they pessimistic about the future? They're very pessimistic. Uh, they said that we've destroyed so much of the planet, it saddens them. They're, I mean, really, they love. They said, we love this planet, and people are destroying it. And that uh, back, I'm going to say this, about 12, 13 years ago, I asked one, I said, is there going to be a World War III? And he said, World War III has already started. They just haven't dropped the bombs yet. That was his reaction. And uh, so uh, they said that this was interesting, that there is biosphere that built the ETs that they're going to take some people to. And I, I kind of about that. It was kind of a strain. And I go, well, that's what they say. Three days later, uh, on the news said this huge uh, object have floated in toward our solar system and they did what it was but it, it wasn't a end uh, of a satellite or or a um, any kind of uh, uh, anything that's uh, that could be natural it's unnatural and uh, uh, was that it that they're putting it in place? And eventually, it went behind the sun, you can't see it anymore. That, as I followed through with this, so is that what they're talk talking about? I don't know. Again, uh, it's they don't tell, tell me everything, and they don't reveal it. But I found that very interesting. Is this what they're talking about in the Bible of taking 144,000 people? those that are not uh, 
you know, aggressive, violent people or who are very negative because they won't be around. They don't want to be around negative people or people, as they said, that have made drugs, alcohol, sex, food, their God. And those people are stuck. And uh, I'm, that's what they told me. So uh, I don't belong to any religion, but I believe in God and I believe in prayer. And I pray for world peace all the time, every day. And I have a prayer list that I uh, go through, especially for people. Uh, I still have some clients. I still have people that are coming to me. I never advertise. I, uh, I'll be 80 years old in a couple of months, and I'm still uh, in demand. And I, why? Well, uh, I've never advertised. I thought I was going to retire at 60, but who cares? If people need me, I'm here, and that's my um, – um, I would like I to read something. Sure. I'm sorry? Yeah, please, go, go ahead and read uh, what you wanted to read. Yeah. The, I think it's important that this was in my first book and how I ended my, my book with a quote from a physicist named Lincoln Barnett. And in 1948, it's a, quite a while ago, he wrote a book called The Universe and Dr. Einstein. And in that book, he I'm quoting him, I quote, there seemed to be no process in nature which could not be described in terms of ordinary experience illustrated by a model or predicted in Newton's amazing accurate laws of mechanics. But before the turn of the past century, certain deviations from these laws became apparent. And though, though these deviations were slight, they're of such a fundamental nature that the whole edifice, Newton's machine-like universe, began to topple. The certainty that science can explain how things happen began to dim about 20 years ago. And right now, it is a question whether scientific man is in touch with reality at all or can ever hope to be. End quote. So, as you know, quantum physics uh, is a mind bender. So, that's what he's talking about. When he said 20 years ago, he was talking about 1928. So, uh, it's still true today. The, they said, what's more important, he says, all the knowledge is in your heart, not in the head. To be so intellectual is uh, we must shift into our heart space. And I found it very interesting. And in my other book, uh, I find this uh, very intriguing and, and very interesting. Uh, sagacious. A Zen monk once said, and I quote, all life in nature is a spirit, has a spiritual dimension and, and is sacred. When we honor other creatures as we do ourselves, 
we all evolve another step, end quote. So there are universal laws and things that many of the Buddhists have discovered over the years. Uh, and so uh, it seemed like that this is true uh, through quantum physics. So I wanted to share that because I think it's extremely important. So if uh, people want to contact you, Kawani, uh, where do they go? They can uh, go to Sasquatch people. It's a all one word at hotmail.com. Sasquatch people at hotmail.com. It's a hot subject. And some people, uh, if they want to, or they can go, go to Sasquatch people. Dot com. Uh, if they want to speak to me, some people struggle with this stuff, and I've counseled them and put it all in perspective for them and alleviated a lot of worry stuff. They can call me, and I'm at 509-590-0415. Once again, 509-590-0415. I'd be happy to help them and to anything in perspective and and uh, that's my job that's my job uh, part of my mission here and to ease and to about respect and not hunting and chasing and stalking and murdering the, these other beings just because they look different and incidentally uh, some of them are will and so on and there are people trying to say that they're killing people it's not true uh I'm going to just say real quick that they have the negative ETs have captured some Sasquatch and they're never seen again. And the DNA is taken from them and they create some kind of a monstrous type thing. This sounds like science, but this is what they said. And so they're trying to blame the Sasquatch for harming or killing people. But this being looks similar. But it can kill a Sasquatch even. Sasquatch can flip your car with one arm and a super strong. And this being is stronger, and they made it so they can even kill a Sasquatch. So, uh, again, it sounds science fiction. Uh, this, These are the things that they shared with me and that need to be known. So uh, don't be blaming the Sasquatch. There are negative ETs that are, have been abducting people, experimenting on them, and so on. And uh, a lot of this has to do with reptilians and, uh, and their uh, henchmen, these little greys. Not all greys are evil and not all reptilians are. Some of them don't agree. Reptilians do not agree with their, their tribe, their group, and they cross over. It's like, you know... Uh, during wartime, you get people saying, hey, <clears throat> I don't believe what the Germans are doing, or I don't believe what such and such. So they start helping the good guys. And this is the same way going on here, apparently, uh, uh, on this planet. Well, I want to thank you, Kawani. You've got a wealth of information, uh, great insights and experiences into Sasquatch. We've learned a lot, and I hope to be able to talk to you in the future to get some updates and to hear more of your fabulous stories and the information that you've gathered on the Sasquatch. So thank you. 
Yes, thank you for having me. And they told me that they want to take me through up their dimension uh, sometime, possibly this fall. I don't know. And I'm to write my third book about my, my experiences in this other dimension. So this is a Squatch told me and later an ET told me that so it's when I'm ready, they're ready apparently. But anyway, thank you for having me. Um, God bless everyone. We're, we're in trouble at Earth and, and uh, uh, I hope some of my words have been helpful. Well, well thank you for that. And, and, and when you do have that portal experience, make sure you let me know and we'll get you back on Exopolitics today. So again, thank you, Kawani. You have been listening to Exopolitics today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.